0: That's all right, Lord. (laughs) Father, we praise you this morning. God, we glorify your name. God, we are so thankful this morning, God. Thank you for your presence. Father, thank you for your joy. God, we know we're going to see that victory, Lord, and we thank you for it. We thank you for it, God. Today, we worship you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can be seated if you would. Amen. It's exciting to have all y'all here this morning on a Sunday. It's nice to be together. I do want to remind you guys um, that... Uh, uh, for those of you that are watching online, don't forget to silence your cell phones. I know it's been a while. Um, silence your cell phones. Uh, for those of you that signed up, say amen if you signed up to be here this morning. Amen. All right. So uh, what, I, what I've been telling people and for those of you that are watching online, um, you can uh, uh, sign up through our app to be able to be here. And um, what was I going to say? Sign up on the app. Oh, if, you, if you're coming, like, say this week you're here and maybe there's other people that didn't get to come, so you want to just kind of watch and wait. It'll be open all the way to the end. And so, you know, maybe you just kind of want to, like, don't sign up on Wednesday if you're here this week. Maybe wait till, like, Saturday and be like, oh, there's not that many people coming. I'm going to come. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I do want to make sure that you guys know that uh, masks <laughs> masks are encouraged. Um, i uh, it just is what it is, okay? And uh, I'm going to remove people right after I'm done preaching this sermon. Um, uh, these, these are just times that there's a bunch of stuff that wasn't covered in seminary. Uh, pandemics, and masks, and social unrest, and I just, nobody knows what's going on, man a bizarre world. Here's, here's what I do know is that God's word is true and every man a liar. Uh, and and so <laughs> I just got to go where I know, and that's to worship and to praise and to uh, go straight to his word. All right. Um, God's church and his His, his purposes are going to move forward and we're just going to come along for the ride. Amen. Amen. I'm going to live in faith and not fear. Let's pray over this message. Father God, we love you. We praise you. We glorify you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we think of your word, we think of that it's alive and that it's active and it's sharper than a double-edged sword. God, we pray today that you'd use this word to change us, challenge us, and to convict us. Father, as we have come here, Lord, we pray that you'd speak to us directly by your word. God, that it would speak directly to where we're at and what we're doing. God, let us not leave here the same way that we came. In Jesus' name, amen. Second Samuel 19, we've been in Second Samuel 19 for a while. It looks like we got another week uh, next week. So 2 Samuel 19 is going to be in verses 24 through No, 31 through 39. Then Barzaleh the Gileadite came down from Rogalem and went across the Jordan with the king to escort him across the Jordan. Barzaleh was a very aged man, 80 years old, and he had provided the king with supplies while he stayed at Mahanaim, for he was very rich. And the king said to Barzaleh, come across with me and I will provide for you while you are with me in Jerusalem. But Barzaleh said to the king, how long have I to live that I should go up with the king to Jerusalem? I am today 80 years old. Can I discern between good and bad? Can your servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear any longer the voice of singing men and singing women? Why then should your servant be a further burden to, the Lord, to my Lord, the King? Your servant will go a little way across the Jordan with the King. And why should the King repay me with such reward? Please let your servant turn back again that I might die in my own city near the grave of my father and mother. But here's your servant, Chimhaim, let him cross over with my lord, the king and do for him what seems good to you. And the king answered, Chimhaim shall cross over with me and I will do for him what seems good to you. Now, whatever you request of me, I will do for you. Then all the people went over the Jordan and the king had crossed over the king, kissed Barzaleh and blessed him and he returned to his own place. So what's going on in this story, if you remember, uh, we had been walking through the process of David was king, Absalom removed him, David's away from Jerusalem, David's coming back into Jerusalem, and so there's this guy, Barzaleh that has come to help escort David across the Jordan into Jerusalem. Well, uh, David uh, uh, is with Barzillay, and who remembers Barzaleh? because Barzaleh had shown him kindness before. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. And so David says to Barzillet, he said, you know what? Why don't you come with me to Jerusalem? You're 80 years old. I can take care of you. It'll be great. And Barzillet says, no, nah, I don't want to go. I want to I wanna be with my family. I want to be buried where my mom and dad are buried. You go ahead to Jerusalem, but here's what I will do. I'm going to give you my servant, Chimham, Chimham uh, and he's going to take care of it. You can deal with him however you want. That's going to be what I'm going to give you as you go forward. David says thank you. He kisses Barzaleh and sends him home. What are we talking about today? The title of today's message is uh, Barzaleh the Generous. Barzaleh the Generous. And and I personally have never heard a sermon on Barzaleh before. Has anybody ever heard a sermon on Barzaleh? Not if you were here first service. Uh, I mean, really, has anybody ever heard a sermon on Barzaleh before? No, neither had I. I mean, and this is what I love about going slow through the Bible is that you pick up these guys and you're like. Man, Barzillet, that's a, that's a cool guy. He's a good thing. And so I titled this message Barzillet the Generous because as we walk through this, we see his generous spirit and how it speaks to us and how we should be generous as well. So the first point I wanna to make to you this morning is what you do for the kingdom matters. What you do for the kingdom matters. In the beginning of this story, we see Barzaleh coming to David and Barzaleh is willing to help David across the Jordan to get to Jerusalem Barzillai is proving that he's willing to do whatever it takes to help David. It says in verse 32, now Barzillai was a very aged man, 80 years old, and he had provided the king with supplies while he stayed at Mahanaim for he was a very rich man. Now a few months ago, we were in chapter 17 of 2 Samuel and some of you may forgot, but let me uh, refresh your memory back in 2 Samuel 17 verses 27 through 29. This outlines when David is retreating from Absalom after Absalom took over the kingdom and Barzillai provides him with food and beds and such to help him while he was in need. It was divine provision for David through Barzillai. Because if you remember, David was away, and he didn't have anything, and his men didn't have any food, and they're out in the middle of the wilderness, and God supernaturally provided. He provided through Barzillai. So in 2 Samuel 17, 27 through 29, it says, Now it happened when David had come to my name that Shobi, the son of Nahash from Rabav, the people of Ammon, Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodabar and Barzillai, the Gileadite. There he is. "...from brought beds and basins, earthen vessels, wheat, barley, and flour, parched grain and beans, lentils and parched seeds, honey and curds, sheep and cheese of the herd, for David and the people who were with him to eat. For they said, the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness." So this is that moment when Barzillai, back in, verse 17, in chapter 17, where he's providing for David. And so now he's coming back again to be able to help David again, get back into Jerusalem." Why? Because Barzillai cared about the kingdom. He cared about David. It was the reason why when David was away from the the kingdom of Jerusalem as the king of Israel, he wanted to provide for him. And now as he's going back, he wants to provide for him as well. Now here's a point is that Barzillai back in chapter 17, he didn't fight with David as David was fighting against Absalom. Why? He's 80 years old he's not going to go into battle. But what he did do is he provided what he had. The Bible says he was a rich man. And so he was able to provide sustenance. He was able to provide material support to the battle because that's what he had to be able to provide. Um, You have to help where you can. Amen? See, I, I believe that Barzalay helped David because he loved God and he believed in Israel and David. There's really no other reason behind it because as we get into this a little bit further, Barzalay isn't getting anything out of this relationship. He's giving into this relationship. What he's getting is a stronger kingdom. What he's getting is a stronger king. So I believe that his heart condition is one that he just wants to help because it's clear from the scripture that he didn't want anything else. He's not coming back to David and saying, I helped you, you helped me at all. That's just, that's just not what he's doing. Um, This loving man and his contribution to the kingdom of David helped him greatly. Amen. Hebrews 6, 10 says, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And and this is that idea that you have to understand is that for Barzile and for you, what you do for the kingdom matters. It matters. The kingdom of Israel would not have gone forward without Barzile When David was first out in the wilderness and his men didn't have anything to eat, if Barzile had not been there to provide support for David and his men, chances are the kingdom of what would not have gone forward. Amen? the kindness of Barzillay mattered greatly and David did not forget. Now, what is the application for you and for I, whatever you are doing for the Lord matters and has an impact on the kingdom of God. Amen. And I want you to hear this this morning. If you're doing anything and have done anything for the kingdom of God, it matters. It matters to the kingdom and it matters to God. If you serve, if you give, if you love, if you help, the things that you do for the kingdom matter. And so when you read a story like this, it should encourage you that God is watching and that it matters. Because oftentimes you do things for the kingdom and you think, you know, why does this even matter? Does it matter that, you know, David was thirsty and hungry and I brought all this food? Does it matter? Barzalek didn't see the outcome of that until later where he saw David going into the kingdom and he probably inside of his heart said, you know what? This is great. I'm glad that what we did for them when they were out in the wilderness benefited the kingdom. Amen. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. See, here's what you have to remember, friend, is if what you are doing is for Jesus, you can know that you are going to be rewarded eventually. You may not see it right away, but you can know that it's going to happen eventually. It's just going to happen. You you just have to be patient. You you can't get upset that you're not seeing it right away. I mean, Barzillay, when he went and he helped David, he didn't see him get back into Jerusalem right away, but now he's seeing the fulfillment of that. See, uh, the Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. If you're doing something for the Lord and you're losing heart, it's because you have lost perspective. You forgot who you're doing it for and why you are doing it. You will reap if you do not lose heart. Because here's what happens is that you do things and, and you've got this mindset. You're like, man, I'm not seeing an outcome or I'm not seeing this blessing or I'm not seeing this thing. And then you stop doing it because you've lost heart. And the Bible says you cannot lose heart. What you do for the kingdom matters. I mean, and 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 here's the thing. Don't 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 feel bad if you're like, oh, so if I lost heart, does that mean I'm not a good Christian? Does that mean I don't love the Lord? No, it means according to the Bible, you're normal. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that means you're human. I mean, Paul had to remind the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. He said, "Therefore, my brethren, be steadfast, immovable." always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The only reason Paul would have said that to the Corinthian church is is if they had began to move, they began to believe that their labor was in vain. And so that encouragement that that Paul gives to the Corinthian church should be an encouragement to us as well. Amen? And, and again, if you give to this church, if you serve at this church, if you do kindness to people out, uh, for the name of Jesus and you grow weary, you're nice to those coworkers at your work. And you're like, what good is this for? They, they just dump on me all the time. I'm not going to do this anymore. You cannot let some, what somebody else is doing change who you are and who God has called you to be at all. Now, Crystal and I have been ministering for, for 17 years and, and, the, and the talk amongst pastors is this, is that we always say, don't preach what you're going through, preach what you've gone through. Because if you preach what you're going through, you get fleshly, (laughs) right? It turns into the bully pulpit where I'm, I'm taking it out on the people what I'm going through. But once you've gone through it, you can preach on it because it doesn't have power over you anymore. Amen. Um, Crystal and I and and our church are, are, we're in a great, great season right now. COVID aside, it's a great season. The church is healthy. Uh, the church is doing her work. It's fantastic. Many of you remember last year was a little bit bumpy. Uh, there was a lot of bumps last, uh, last year. And, and, and last year was bumpy, but, you know, as we've been in the ministry for the last, you know, almost two decades, I, I can't begin to describe to you the amount of emotional hurt and pain that Crystal and I have experienced at the hands of people that attend our church. Uh, People have lied to us, people have cheated us, people have turned people against us, people have recorded us, people have slandered us, people have done everything that they can to try to ruin us. Uh, challenged our character. Uh, all manner of destruction has come against my family, not, not just my wife and I, like our kids as well. And, and, and some of you as members of this church have been receiving it into that as well. Why can I laugh about it? Because I'm not going through it right now. So, but like I said, don't preach what you're going through, preach what you've gone through, right? Um, why, why do I share that story with you? Is, is that last year was hard. Oh, it was hard. I, I praise God. God knew what was coming this year. So we went through it last year. So we will be going through that right now. You know what I mean? Bring it on. Like Stay at home pandemic. I'll take it. Right. Cause I don't want to go through what I went through last year. And uh, what was interesting though, is that people ask me, they say, man, what was so hard about it? And I'll, and I'll tell you what was the hardest thing about it for me. The hardest thing about it wasn't what people were saying and what people were doing and, and, and people leaving the church and all that other stuff. That wasn't the most difficult part to me. What was the most difficult part to me is that when I would go before God and I would pray and I would cry and I would weep and I would beg to let him free me so I could quit and he wouldn't, um, I, I, I said to the Lord, uh, just, man, will you deliver me from this? And you know what the Lord said to me so clearly? He said, Matt, who are you doing this for? oh, and you want to talk about pain. Oh my gosh, that was the most painful thing because what had been revealed in my heart is that I wanted the praise and adoration of men and I wanted people to follow me and I wanted people to love me and I wanted people to believe in me. And, and, and those aren't necessarily bad things, but you can have a heart shift in your mind and in your heart where you begin to do things for the wrong reason. And God said, if you're doing it for me, you're going to be fine. But if you're doing it for other people, you're never going to make it, and, and and the reason why they share that story with you should be very clear is that if you're doing it for the Lord, you will always be able to continue to do what you're what you're doing. People say, "How much longer can you preach?" I can preach forever, man. I, I, I like I said, I'll, we'll do this until the the building is empty and everybody's gone, and then we'll probably start over again, because I'm doing it for the Lord Jesus. I'm not doing it to make friends. I'm not doing it so people will like me. I'll do it. I'm doing it so that you can make it to heaven but you have to constantly remind yourself because I'm human. It hurts when people hurt you. And it hurts when people say things against you. It, it's painful when you, when you preach gospel messages for months and nobody gets saved. And you're like, why do I keep asking people to give their lives to Jesus? Cause nobody's getting saved. Who are you doing it for? Cause if you're doing it for Jesus, it will continue. Remember this Ephesians two ten. for we are his workmanship Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. Read the book of Genesis. The first thing God said to Adam was get to work, get to work, go and do some stuff. Jesus told his disciples, you're leaving that job to do this job. You're not leaving that job to do no job. That's not what you're doing. Our God is a God of work. We're created to do it. And the encouragement to us as we look at the scriptures is that what we're doing for God matters. David did not forget the kindness that that Barzillais had shown him at Mahanaim. He didn't forget that. That's why he's being so kind to Barzillai now again. But even as we look forward in the scriptures in 1 Kings chapter 2 verse 7, David is talking to his son, Solomon, as David's about to die. And watch this. This is what he said. He said to Solomon, but show kindness to the sons of Barzillai the Gileadite, and let them be among those who eat at your table. For so they came to me when I fled from Absalom, your brother. And in my mind, I, I think about like Jay and Shelley and how committed you guys have been to us. Uh, since the beginning. Um, they've, they've never turned on a stop even for an afternoon in the last 17 years. And I picture myself on my deathbed saying, be kind to Thaddeus and Olivia <laughs> because of what Jay and Shelly did for us, yeah. you know? But but that's the heart. That's the heart of like yeah. uh, of, of David of like, do you know what Barzillet did for me? I would not be king if it weren't for Barzillet. I would not, Israel would not be here if not for Barzillay. And I care about what he did so much, even after I'm dead. And even though Barzillay is dead, be nice to his kids just because of what he's done. What you do for the kingdom matters. Here's the second part of it. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow verse 33. And the king said to Barzillay, come across with me and I will provide for you while you are with me in Jerusalem. David's heart was to take care of Barzaleh because Barzaleh had taken care of him. But Barzaleh's intention was never to get that from David. He was just doing what he was called to do and what he wanted to do. But what Barzaleh got back was what he gave. Barzaleh gave, gave care, Barzaleh gave comfort to David. And what he got back was care and comfort from David. Barzaleh showed kindness and he reaped it with David from chapter 17 to now. And, and here's, here's a little side note that I'll, that I'll say leaders need other people. Watch this part of the story. David would not have made it without Barzaleh. His men would have gone hungry without Barzaleh. David would not, Israel may not have happened if not for Barzile. This is why it's so surprising to me that none of us have ever heard a, a sermon on Barzile before, because this dude made it happen for David and Israel. He a great man of God, a, a great, powerful man of God that, that did great things for the kingdom. But David needed him. That's always how God works. He calls a man for a mission and then he brings other people to come around to support that man as he accomplishes the mission that God has put on his heart. And so Barzillet is able to sit back and say, you know what? I was able to help David accomplish the mission that God put on David. There's no such thing as a self-made leader at all. Leaders are only leaders if they're leading other people and people only are allowed to be led by great leaders. And so good leaders never forget the kindness that was shown to them. And I pray for Crystal and I, we do not forget or we do not, we do not not see what you guys all do for us and for the kingdom. If it weren't for the people of this church, we would just be people that stand around and talk to ourselves about Jesus. You guys are the ones that make us pastors. And so for that, we're eternally grateful. David was kind to Chimham. He got a place named after him uh, because of of who he was to Barzilla as well. Oh, excuse me, Barzaleh in, Je- in Jeremiah forty one seventeen. Now here's here's some truths of the Old Testament that have that are New Testament truths as well. If you notice my sermon styles, I'm always trying to find Old Testament truths and New Testament truths and put them together because I want you to see the 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 complete truthness truthness truthfulness of God through all the scriptures that the God of Genesis is the God of Matthew is the God of revelation. And so I always use a lot of scriptures because I don't want you guys thinking these are me, my ideas. I want you to see them clearly in scripture so that you don't think like he must just be taking this verse out of context. Old Testament, Proverbs eleven twenty four and 25. There's one who scatters yet increases more. And there's one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. That's a law of sowing and reaping. And this is a Bible doctrine. It's true. You get what you sow. Job, the the first book ever written in the Bible. First book written in the Bible. Job 4.8. Even as I have seen those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. (laughs) That's what Job said. Malachi chapter 3. In Malachi uh, chapter 3 uh, verses uh, 3 through 10. And you guys hear this one a lot when it comes to tithing, but it, it rings true um, just as a sowing and reaping. It says in v- verse 10, Malachi chapter three, verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may f- be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. it it's It's very interesting that I have never seen a tither who wasn't blessed ever. I've never, I've never had a tither ask for money from the church ever. It's never happened. People that tithe they, they, they always seem to be taking care of, not seem to be, they always are taking care of financially when they take care of God's house. It happens all the time. I've also seen people in their lives that sow unbelievable seeds of destruction and their lives are in complete disarray and they think, why is it that, that I can't seem to get my life together when all they do is sow destruction? They, they sow pain and they sow misery. They, they sow, dr- sow, sow drugs and alcohol and anger and frustration. And then later on in their life, like, how come it is that I seem to have always felt like I'm behind my whole entire life? Well, you're reaping what you've sown for decades. Yeah. And sometimes people will be around people that maybe have, have, have a, a different life than other people have. And they say, well, how come I don't have the life that you have? Well, you sowed seeds of destruction for so many years, And those people did not sow seeds of destruction for a lot of years. You've reaped what you sow. Proverbs 22, 8, he who sows iniquity will reap sorrow and the rod of his anger will fail. And so I ask you that and I say, well, what, what are you sowing in your life? What evil deeds do you continue to do? And, and, and again, a lot of preachers will twist this and they want to talk about money. We're not talking about money specifically. We're talking about everything because if you sow doubt in your mind, you're going to reap doubt. Yeah, right. If you sow discord, you're going to reap discord. Yeah. That, 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 the, these are just principles of the Bible. You sow anger, you get anger. If you sow gossip, you're going to get gossip back. You sow strife and worry and destruction. The Bible is clear. You get what you give. And so you've got to only give the good things. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. What does that mean? That means God will not let you make fun of him. Don't mock God and think that somehow you're going to escape this. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. And this is what I love about the story of Barzaleh, And it's so beautiful is that he sowed comfort and he received comfort. Yeah. He provided for David and David in turn wanted to give back to Barzaleh what Barzaleh had given him. He David said to Barzillay, do you want, know let me take care of you the same way that you took care of me. You're old, you're 80. Come on, come with me. Let me take care of you. It's that principle of sowing and reaping that we see. Now, sometimes you sow somewhere and it comes back to you in a different place, but it comes. May not come on your timeline, but it comes. Let me let me show you Second uh, Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter nine, Second Corinthians chapter nine verses six through eight. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Wow, it's almost like you've heard that every single week (laughs) for the last 17 years. Wow, it's actually in the Bible. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. See, God's, God's economy does not make sense to the world. God even goes so far as to say, you know what? I want your heart to be right when you're giving. God loves a cheerful giver. He loves someone that says, you know what? And it's, it's money, but it's time and it's talent. I've said it before. I, I have, uh, giving away money is nothing to me. Because money can, more money can be made. I struggle with giving away my time because I, I can't make more time. The clock is ticking. And, and so that's what God always challenges me with. And he's like, well, you can be generous with money, but you're not generous with your time. And so God will always work on you in the area that you're lacking. Not, I mean, he doesn't clap for the parts that he's like, yeah, yeah real good. But what about this part of your life? This is an area of your life that you need to improve. And I just want to speak encouragement over your life today. Whatever it is that you've sowed, I promise you that God saw it, that he sees it and that it matters and that God will show up and take care of you. He will take care of you. And I know that for some of you say, man, I've been nice to this person for years. How come they're not giving back? Don't worry about whether they're giving it back. Notice the big 360 degree view of your life and say, is anybody being nice to me? because that's returning it back. It's not always going to come back from the same place. Amen. Now here's the other side of it though, is that sowing and reaping isn't good just for the good stuff. Like it's easy for me to say like, sow love, get love. So kindness, get kindness. But the Bible also says in Galatians chapter six, verse eight, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. This is why, and we've said this many times, people that put the things of God first in their life, walk with God and they have blessed lives. And people that don't, that, that live this halfway lukewarm now and again, kind of Christianity, they say, well, how come I can't get that kind of fruit? It's because you don't do that kind of sowing. You're expecting to reap what you don't sow. If you come to my backyard uh, and you'll see my, my, it's not grass, it's dirt. It's dirt with little patches. It just is. Why? Because I haven't put grass seed down there in years. And so the expectation that I'm going to come out there and magically one day there's going to be grass in my backyard when I haven't sowed any seeds just seems like dumb. Like if you came over and I was just like, yeah, man, we're going to get grass. And you'd be like, but what are you doing to get the grass? I just keep looking at it, hoping it's going to change. Now the, front, the front yard, we've been working on during the COVID, and that thing's green and lush. It's looking real good because we want the front, not the back to look good. <laughs> it's a different sermon altogether, but here's the other part of it. You have to have the right heart, okay? You got to have the right heart. And, and, and this is what I love about Barzillet is that Barzillet had a great heart in the midst of this. He was not seeking a reward and this, this is a, a really huge part. And it's a distinction between the, uh, the, those people that say name it and claim it and put a name to it and expect like you do not give to God expecting anything back. You do it because of his generosity and because of who he is. You do it because it's the right thing to do. You know, I don't feed my kids because I want them to feed me later. I feed them because they need to be fed. It's your job. But we notice in verse 36, uh, uh, Barzaleh said, your servant will go a little way across the Jordan with the king. And I love this. Watch this. And why should the king repay me with such a reward? Yeah. That's Barzillet's heart. Because he's, he's honestly, he's saying like, why are you giving me something back? Like, that's not why I did what I did. I did because that's what I needed to do. Not, not because I was expecting you to give something back. And that, that's a heart condition of generosity. Like that's a heart condition that we should have. Barzillet was surprised that he was even getting something back from what he did. Why, Why should the king repay me with such a reward? He wasn't expecting anything back. See what's, what's difficult with us is that many people seem generous when they're not really generous. Like if you've got people in your life that will help you, but they will only help you if they're guaranteed that you're going to help them back, that's not generosity. If you say, hey, can you help me Saturday? And they go, yeah, man, I can help you Saturday morning. If you help me Saturday afternoon, that's not generosity. That's not at all. People that want medals for extra work or they keep score or they do something for you, but then they always want to remind you of it and say, well, you owe me. You owe me for what I did you. That's not generosity. That's not the heart that God's looking for for. I mean, what good is it if someone gives you help and then they don't let you forget it? You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not walking around thinking in my mind the things that I've helped people with. I'm just like, I'm just doing it for the Lord. See, here's what the Bible said, Deuteronomy, Old Testament, Deuteronomy 1510. You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him, because for this thing the Lord your God will bless you in all your works. And all in which you put your hand, but many many people are trying to act like they're generous or try to act with like their giving, but it grieves them, like it hurts them. And 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 frankly, there was years in my life when I was this way as well. I'd smile and I'd, and inside of it's like, ugh, oh, I didn't want to do that, you know. But God doesn't God doesn't like that. It's not what He desires. He He desires for generosity. That's like, no, dude, I'm excited yeah, dude. Would he say that? Maybe he's like, yeah, dude, I just want to give. I just, that's all I want to do. I just want to give just because it's the right thing to do. And I'm not even grieved about it. I just want to do it. See Exodus 22:25, uh, it says, if you lend money to any of my people who are poor among you, you shall not be like a money lender to him. You shall not charge him interest. The principle of that is this, is that if we treat people like the world treats them, we are, we are the world. The economy of Christ is give without expecting anything and back. Give, give till it hurts. Overgive. Don't keep a record of it. I mean, uh, the, the Bible says uh, love keeps no record of wrongs. And, and so even if someone doesn't give back, we, we can't stop being who God has called us to be. We can't be like a moneylender because a moneylender expects a return on what he is giving. So what does it mean to to us? Have a right heart in your giving. Make sure that you have your heart right. And I'm going to show you a bunch of scriptures here real quick so that you know that it's it's of the Bible and not me. These are good principles that you have to remind yourself of. Amen? Amen? Luke chapter 6, verse 34 through 35. Actually, I'm going to do 33. 32. Did you guys get 32 in there? that's fine. We'll do it. It's all Bible. I'm going to start in Genesis chapter one. Um, <laughs> Luke chapter six, uh, 32. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love them who love you, right? This is Jesus talking. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those to whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you'll be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father is also merciful. Amen. Don't lend expecting to receive back. That's the wrong heart. Jesus made it clear. Lend and give expecting nothing in return. I mean, Jesus said, you know what? God is merciful even to the evil. So uh, can we not be merciful to people as well? 2 Corinthians 9, 7. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly. Why are you giving? Because if it's for Jesus and his kingdom and for his work and for his people and it's for him, that's good. You got to have that heart. Watch this in Luke chapter 14. In Luke chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. These are principles that are important. uh, Jesus, and he said, and also he said to him who invited him, when you give a dinner or supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbors lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the main, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. This is that expecting the greater reward where, where you understand that our repayment back may not happen until the resurrection of the of the just. And, but Jesus makes it clear. If, you, if all your friends have a boat, then you've got the wrong friends, right? I mean, come on, everybody wants a friend with a boat. That's the, that, listen, that's, listen, they always say, don't buy a boat, get a friend with a boat. Um, Yeah, right. Two best days of a boat owner's life the day he buys it and the days he sells it, right? Boat, bust out another thousand. You don't need a boat, a friend with a boat. But, but when people have these type of friends and people will strategically build friendships with people they know that will help them to get ahead in life. Instead of building friendships with people that they can't get anything from, yeah. they'll, invite, they'll only invite people over that they know and invite them out to dinner or whatever instead of being like Jesus and saying, you know what? I want to love people that can't love me back. I want to give to people that can't give back. I want to serve people that can't serve me back because that's the right heart condition. Going back to Barzillet, I don't think, I mean, honestly, at this point, if, if this was modern day, Barzillet w- would have came to David and said, you know what, where's my cabinet position? You wouldn't, be, you wouldn't be president if it wasn't for me. Remember when I did that thing for you? So now let me be in a cabinet position. Give me back. But Barsley didn't want any of that. He had the right heart. He said, I'm just doing what needs to be done for God and kingdom. I'm not doing it for any other reason. Here's the last part of it. Generosity should be a lifestyle. The generosity is, one, is not a one-time deal. Either you are generous or you are not. Either you're giving or you're not. You can't say I'm, I'm generous in this area. Not like the the inconsistency of the body and the human spirit is such is that we cannot handle consistency in all areas of our life. And so the only answer is that we just have to be generous. We have to be generous all the time. And we see that in Barzillay in verse 37. And this is actually one of my favorite parts of this story. Uh, there's a bunch of parts of this story that's really great, but this is what I love. And so Barzillay <clears throat> helps David... Back in chapter 17, he wants to help David across the Jordan again. And then David's like, hey, man, let me help you out. You're old. Let me come take care of you. And, 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 and Barzile goes, no, 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 no. I, I just, I want to take care of you, David. It, it doesn't matter at all. I want to go back home. You, you go ahead. And David goes, oh, okay, I'm going to bless you. And then Barzile goes, "Um, but go ahead and why don't you take my servant with you as you're going because I just want to give you something else as I'm going back he just kind of sneaks that in there. He's like, here, take this guy with you. He's one of my guys, but he'll serve you well. Uh, David's like, oh, thank you. And blessed." I'm sure David's walking away like, wait a minute. What just happened? He outblessed me. I told him, come with me. He said, no. He went away. And then he still did something generous to me. How did he sneak that in on me? Verse 37, but here's your servant, Chimham let him cross over with, with my Lord, the King and do for him what seems good to you. Even after he showed him big kindness before Barsley couldn't help him. He gave him his servant to go with him to Jerusalem. He's so generous. He cannot stop being generous. David wants to help him. And here he is still offering to help David to square him away. Proverbs eleven twenty five: the generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself. I'm sure with a heart like that, that Barzillais had seen God provide for him his whole entire 80 years and just thought, you know what? God's taken care of me for, up till now. He's going to still take care of me. I'm not even going to worry about it. Barzillay's family was blessed after this life. Remember what <clears throat> we talked about just previously, where uh, David said to Solomon to bless Barzillay's family? That's that's fine. That like that's the the outcome of generosity. Generosity is the economy of the Lord. God has been so generous with us, has He not? Yes. I mean, not just through sending Jesus for us, but look at our lives. Like how generous is God with us? I mean, He He could have He could have made life so much harder than it is. He gives us so many blessings. There's so many things that God allows us to experience and have and do. That that it's just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know what I mean? Like when's the last time you ate something that came from the earth and you're just like, oh, man, thank you, Lord, that you made pineapple. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Thank you for, like, have you ever had a good, good watermelon? You know what I'm saying? Like he could have made everything taste like asparagus, but he didn't. You know what I mean? (laughs) Could have made everything taste like eggplant. I don't know why. The Bible says in uh, Psalm 37:21 the wicked borrows and does not repay but the righteous shows mercy and gives. And that's the right heart, not expecting anything back in return but being diligent to give. Let me show you what it says in Proverbs 3:27. Proverbs 3:27 Proverbs 3 27. Proverbs 3 27. Yeah. Do not withhold good from those whom it is due when it is in your power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. What does that mean to you, friend? Be generous. Be ridiculously generous. Don't worry about it being more giving than you should. Because that, that's what happens when gener- the, the, the heart that's not generous is a heart that keeps score. It's a heart that wonders, well, what about this or or what's going to happen with this? Not just be generous. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 16, but do not forget to do good and to share for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Acts 20 verse 35, remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. First Timothy six eighteen. let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. First John three seventeen. but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Do you walk out those scriptures? Do you have that heart of generosity. Now I'm going to close with this scripture because I think this is really important when we talk about generosity and I don't want you to miss this. Those of you that are still watching online, stick with us. Got a few more minutes. Matthew chapter six, verse one, it says, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise you have no reward from your father in heaven. So if you do something good and you want everybody to see you doing something good, Jesus says, you ain't getting anything for that. You got your reward. You wanted to be seen by men. You wanted other people to see that you're a good, good guy. Don't do that. Verse two, therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. If you want, but let me, let me it a modern day translation. If you do something good and you put it on Facebook, your reward is the likes. Don't expect anything more from the Lord. Don't expect lights, likes and eternal rewards. So if you give somebody, a a homeless person, a meal, and then you make a spectacle of it by giving them a selfie with them and you post it on, you got your reward. If you help somebody, you got your reward. Like, don't do that. Jesus says, but when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing let your charitable deed be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. And so I challenge you with this is that oftentimes you will see people being rewarded openly without seeing what they've done privately. And you will not understand it because they walk out the scripture. They're not heralding in the street what they're doing for the kingdom and nor should they because it's against the scriptures. And so you will see them being rewarded openly. And you'll say, I don't understand. Why do they get that? It's because they're smart enough to do what they do in secret. Not not before men, because they want the praise of God and they want the rewards of heaven, not the rewards of men. So let's let's keep Barzolay in our in our minds. Let's remind ourselves that what you do for the kingdom matters. You reap what you sow. You have to have the right heart as you're doing it and live generosity as a lifestyle. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would you close your eyes? Would you bow your heads? If you're here this morning, you're not a Christian. If you're watching online as well, I want to invite you to become a Christian today. And it's really quite easy. If you're a Christian or you're not, if you've been forgiven of your sins or you haven't. And if you've never given your heart to Jesus, you've never been forgiven of your sins and you would like to be forgiven today and walk with Jesus, I want you to raise your hand really high and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Is there anybody that needs to become a Christian today who's not? Please raise your hand. Now, if you're online watching and you need to give your life to Jesus, just raise your hands to the heavens and say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Welcome me into your kingdom. I'm not going to walk that way anymore. Start reading your Bible, find a Bible, believing church and start attending there. If you, if you need help with your walk with Jesus, you can call us or email us and we'll help you. We've got some stuff we can give you. The message for today is generosity. And I don't know which part spoke to your heart, but let it speak. If you need encouragement that what you're doing is matter, that what you do for the kingdom matters, receive that encouragement today. If you've been sowing bad, don't, (laughs) bad gets bagged bad. So good, you receive good. But keep your heart right. Don't sow expecting a return. Sow because it's the right thing to do because God has been generous with us. We should be generous with everybody else. And lastly, just live a generous lifestyle. Just live a generous lifestyle. Be a, be a big tipper. Give 20% to that server that doesn't deserve a tip at all because God's been generous with you. Amen. Father, let that be our hearts. Father, let that be our spirit today, God. Let us walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We will see you later this week. We got the spot back, Bible studies back, Wednesday church back, men's advance Thursday. Make sure that you come. We love you. See you soon. Have a great week. Bye-bye.